Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how educating them positively can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week, we're having conversations with guests on different themes, and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, we're welcoming Nima, who will tell us about her journey, about society conditioning, and why she developed her brand called Mindful Champs that's designed to introduce mindfulness to kids so they learn to process and understand their emotions. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. But without further ado, let's begin. Hi Nima, how are you today? Hi, Julie, UK. Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No, with pleasure. So could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Nima. So I'm actually the founder of Mindful Champs. It's a company where... My mission is to bring mindfulness to the lives of children and parents as well. And it's actually a company that I started during lockdown. And I guess the reason I actually started it in lockdown was because I guess everybody was kind of forced to really introspect and really, you know, I guess stop doing all the things that they were always distracted by their work, whether that's meeting friends or whether that's socializing, whatever it is. I guess everybody had to kind of stop mm -hmm. and doing whatever I'm doing in Mindful Champs. So the actual bringing mindfulness to children, that whole passion that I've had for a long time, I've never actually had the chance to um, start anything. So that's even writing books and things like that. And I guess with everything with the lockdown, because I wasn't working and I was at home. Yeah, I guess I had no excuses anymore. So I started Mindful Champs and I actually was a former primary school teacher as well. And as a family, we also have nursery schools. So and that's called Kitty Care. And we've actually been established for the past 30 years. Mm. So it's actually somewhere where I went to nursery as well. And it's something that my mum started. So as a family and even my background, we've been and I've been exposed to childcare for a really long time. So I guess this is something in terms of mindfulness, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I wanted to bring it to the lives of children because I definitely felt that it was a very untapped market. And I 
didn't feel that children were getting as much mindfulness practice as they should be especially from my work as a teacher I really felt like there was a lack of mindfulness being taught within the curriculum itself and yeah that was definitely one of a, bi- a big reason for me to get started on this. Hmm, no that's nice it's very interesting but could you please tell us a bit more what is Mindful Champs exactly? So um, with Mindful Champs what I'm actually doing is I'm creating products and these products are all linked to some kind of mindfulness practice that we can support children with. So the first product that I've actually released is called the Mindful Me Journal And within the Mindful Me Journal, children are able to learn practices such as self-love, they're able to practice gratitude, they're able to practice so many different aspects of mindfulness and being present in the present moment, because that obviously is where mindfulness, that kind of is the whole basis of it. So children are really learning these tools of, you know, having a growth mindset and becoming more resilient, becoming more confident. And um, more than anything, it's actually loving and accepting themselves exactly as they are. I really believe that children and adults, we've all grown up with so much conditioning. We've all had cultural markers that we've always felt like we have to, Mm -hmm. you know, we're expected to be something. And all of those cultural markers are something which are outside of us. So everything that we, you know, always try to find happiness in or peace in or whatever it is, we're always looking outside of ourselves. And the whole point of the journal is to really train children to bring that back within. So really, you know, introspecting, really reflecting daily on their emotions, how they're feeling, and really starting to, I guess, have that conversation with themselves daily. So they really start to build a strong sense of self. So they're not victim to these expectations or these cultural markers as they grow older. And I also wanted this to actually enhance children and parents' relationships as well. So parents also understand the importance of self-love and having that strong sense of self from an early age. So basically they are, the children do have that ability to really become who it is they truly are, as opposed to what society wants them to be or what their parents want them to be. So there's lots of different activities within the journal that allow children to start practicing this from an early age. And the other products that we'll be releasing are all going to be very similar. There are going to be different types of journals, whether they're affirmation cards. So I'm going to try and touch on all areas of the either early years and then primary level and also teens. So just so the whole spectrum of the age range of children to teens basically is covered within our products. So right. yeah, the first one obviously is the journal, but there's going to be more to come. Nice, that's exciting. Thank you. And so how did you come up with the idea in the first place? Was it like a self-journey or was it observing kids that you know? How, you know, where, when did you thought that that was necessary? So I guess, to be totally honest with you, the actual reason I started Mindful Champs was because it all started from my own growth journey. So from my own, I guess I had... Mm-hmm. reason to start looking inward to start introspecting to start really questioning things and the reason I started to question you know things was because of my own pain my, my dad died when I was 27 oh. and just also a lot of experiences that I've seen my friends go through what I've seen in relationships I've always found that people aren't truly happy 
And all of that happiness is they're always trying to find it in something external. Mm -hmm. And I guess when I started to do my own inner work and when I really started to search inward myself and go on that journey of, um, you know, raising my own conscious awareness, I really started to realize the importance of children to have this at a young age. Yes. And even but at the same time, I also believe that even if children were kind of exposed to this type of mindfulness at a young age, it would only go hand in hand if parents were enabling that from their children, basically. Mm -hmm. So this basically obviously kind of works in a partnership that parents have to buy into this idea of, you know, that we want children to become their own authentic selves. We don't want to project our ideas onto our children or society's ideas onto our children. It has to be a case of the children are able to really explore themselves, really, you know, step into their own and um, I guess have confidence to actually be their true selves more than anything. So yeah, my own journey mm -hmm. in finding my true self, I guess definitely sparked my own need, I guess, to really try to give this to the world in some way and help and in some way serve whatever I've learned to the world. So definitely, I wanted to start with Mindful Champs and through children. Yeah, nice. And so you sort of like took your own journey and then adapted it to for young kids to be able to also do it consistently because I can imagine that they would have to do it sort of like every day, like a habit. Is that like the goal? Definitely. Yeah. So the journal is actually a daily journal, which they would have to do every single day. And again, it's not something that if you know, if they forget it one day, it doesn't really matter. It's not something that has to be like forced upon them. No, yeah. It's more a case of trying to, you know, ease them into the habit, trying to actually make it fun for them as well. So I think for any child, conditioning really happens at such an early age, and they form that blueprint, because that the, the, the parental relationship with the child is that first relationship. And through that relationship, through that blueprint is, I guess, their lens of how they kind of start to experience the world around them. So if that early childhood experience is, I guess, if it's done in the right way, and you know, parents aren't projecting unhealthy conditioning or unhealthy expectations onto their child, children are actually, they, they, I guess they have the, the chance to really be themselves and I think with the journal and everything through mindful champs it's kind of reinforcing that yeah no that's very interesting and so you were a primary teacher before yeah how how do you sort of like link the two because also you mentioned that like you've been born and raised into sort of like a child like children oriented family and business and everything so do you think it yeah it's sort of like paved the path for you to work with children. Oh my God, 100%. Yeah. So actually when I, um, so I graduated as a psychologist when I finished university mm -hmm. and all I ever knew was that I wanted to help people, but I didn't actually know how. And when I look back now, I can definitely see how every single experience that I've had of not knowing my purpose has definitely led me to my purpose, which I definitely believe is mindful champs and, you know, really serving that to children and parents. So yeah, when I finished um, my psychology degree, I was actually looking for a job and I was finding it really difficult to find a job because as a psychologist, you have to be trained for two years and the jobs are usually unpaid. So I was finding it difficult to obviously secure something. Mm. And then I actually, as a result, during that time where I was trying to find 
my job as a psychologist and a counsellor because that's the direction I wanted to go into my mum actually said to me you know what come and help me out in the nursery we need some extra help right now anyway whilst you're looking for your job so I said okay I might as well make myself useful and um, so I started working in the nursery and helping her with you know just general admin and what happened was I actually fell into teaching so I then whilst I was working um, at the nursery it seemed like a really nice fun environment very you know playful and I quite enjoyed going into the rooms talking to the children so I thought you know what my and then my mum was even telling me as well you know why don't you go into teaching you know it's something that I can really see you in and it wasn't anything that I necessarily dreamed of becoming but I guess I fell into it so I applied to become a teacher I finished my PGC which is the qualification required to become a teacher I finished that and I started working in an inner city London school as a primary school teacher and as much as I loved working with the children and just on a daily basis, you know, talking to them and really kind of seeing their innocence on a daily basis. It was beautiful. But I think I really started to become quite frustrated with the actual system, the educational system itself, mm. because I really felt like children were continuously being, you know, measured against a certain tick box. So whether they, you know, whether that's an academic tick box or whether, well, obviously for as in the educational system, it was mainly academics, but it was everything that I really was so against trying to fit somebody into a tick box. And so this was obviously on a school level, but I was against it just generally as a, on a society level and on a cultural level anyway. So when I, you know, used to come to the end of my school year and I'd be getting marked on my performance as a teacher and my performance was based upon how many levels I would be bringing that child up in the school year it just felt really inauthentic it didn't feel right because a lot of the children who didn't necessarily have academic skills they might have had skills elsewhere and it always makes me think of that quote that if you try to what is it if you try to measure a fish's ability to climb a tree you're never going to get anywhere because they're always going to fail, right? But that doesn't mean they're incapable or they're inadequate. They just have skills elsewhere. And I found in a lot of the children that I was teaching that their skills generally lay elsewhere, but they were continuously being measured against, you know, academic grades and results. And, you know, their whole worth was dependent on what level they were at by the end of that academic year. And I could even see children really becoming frustrated with themselves if they didn't reach that certain level and then parents becoming frustrated. And it was just a bit of a cycle. And I think the reason I actually ended up leaving teaching was I just felt myself becoming part of that vicious cycle that I didn't want to become a part of. So as much as I respect, obviously, the educational system in many ways, this is one way that just definitely didn't feel right for me. So I actually ended up leaving teaching and it was quite a shame because I loved my time with the children. Mm -hmm. But I guess the political side of it didn't always feel right. Mm, No, I totally get it. We always have that conversation with my family because even in our family, we are so different. And some people are going to love school, do their homework, everything and thrive. And some people are not going to be able to or only in like a few classes and not all of them. So it's just but on the side, yeah, like we are all very different and we all have something to bring to the table. So... Yeah, I think, I mean, school is like an entire, (laughs) yeah. No, I was actually, I I actually wasn't very academic myself. I think 
no matter how how hard I tried at school, I'd always, you know, get a B grade. And I would always wonder, why am I getting a B? Why am I never getting an A? Why am I never getting an A star? And it just, that was the way it was. I always kind of, you know, excelled in sports and drama and art and all the creative subjects. Mm. And when it came to maths and English and all that kind of stuff, I, I just never really, um, I, I guess I didn't really enjoy it. So yeah, and I always felt like I was measured against my academic abilities. But when it came to anything else, it wasn't important enough to society or to parents. And, you know, when you came back, when I came back home with my report cards and I used to get my A stars in sports, but I used to get my B in math, it felt like it wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, I've been through that as well. So I can relate entirely, um, especially for the math part. But (laughs) what did you do after teaching then? So after I finished teaching, I actually started working in my mum's nursery and I started working in uh, management. And so that was more early years. So children aged um, not to five. So that's when they normally enter nursery. And during that time, my dad actually passed away. So as a family, we really had to, um, I actually came out of working in the nursery and a lot of our time went into sorting out my father's probate. And he was a dentist, so he had dental practices. So a lot of our time went into sorting Mm. his estate out. And I guess there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of growth during that period. And again, all of which has led me to the place I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And I guess through that pain, through that learning. And one of my biggest um, beliefs is that we always, always learn through pain that is a vessel for growth yeah so as much as at the time it was so uncomfortable when I look back now I can still see a lot of ways through my father's death ways that I actually grew as a person spiritually mentally emotionally and yeah it really kind of I guess led me to the place I am right now so I think from everything that I've learned I just really want to give back yeah and I mean, I don't want to do a therapy or something, but I think sometimes losing someone from our family and especially a parent could also bring out this inner child. And, 100%, you yeah. know, this is why you probably felt, you know, the need to recenter and yeah. like, because you can't lie anymore. Yeah. Because you're not yeah. busy running around. You're, yeah. Like, it's very sad yeah. that it brings you to the present moment. It brings you to the present moment and I guess it really brings you to your core and I'm really a firm believer of when pain does come up don't ignore it don't ignore those emotions because they're trying to tell you something they're trying to you know give you some sort of answer to you know wounds or any inner work that I guess you need to do that they are the spark that kind of they're pointing you in that direction they're pushing you in that direction every single time you ignore those signs that pain brings you're constantly pushing away opportunities for growth so my dad passing away was definitely a big 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 wake-up call in many many ways and it really pushed me to dig deeper and really start to question a lot which definitely kind of wasn't comfortable for many people in my family because you know I guess everybody was used to a certain way of doing things because you know that's the way we've always done it and then when I started to question things yeah it definitely brought about a lot of conflict a lot of um, anxiety a lot of uncomfort for many family members but I guess I felt that strength from within for the first time to really start to 
push my way through Mm -hmm. and I definitely am in a place now that my belief of you know removing that conditioning and actually more than anything to not project onto children is so Mm. strong now that I'm actually even doing a conscious parenting course with the renowned Dr Shafali so I don't know whether you've heard of her but she's actually a parenting coach herself and I'm actually doing the coaching program to become a certified coach with her right now. And it's all about parents raising their conscious awareness so they can then raise conscious children. Mm. So, um, yeah, it all starts with the parents. Yeah, no, I I think so. And I think we also all have things that we have to sort of go through and fix before we actually have children to stop that projection circle, as you said. And also it takes time, I think, also like it's painful it takes time but eventually it's not like a a miracle right it's really like hard work but it's worth it in the end and I think of course yeah just even being aware of it because I don't believe the perfect parent exists Mm. it's not like it but Mm. if you're even like aware of it and if you're asking yourself is it something that I want to do is it something that I should do and just like yeah I think yeah mindfulness as a parent and for children is very interesting so yeah 100% did you sort of uh, test your mindfulness book did you sort of like test and like yeah, how, how I did, was the I did, process I did. to actually like so we actually sent out the journal to children and parents during the testing phase And I had Mm -hmm. such amazing feedback, I think, for so many parents. They didn't actually, as simple as this may sound, they didn't actually realize some of the emotions and some of the feelings that their children were feeling on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I think one example really stuck with me. It was a little girl. And when she was writing in her journal of things she was grateful for, one of the things that she was grateful for was daddy spending time with her and coloring with her. And the dad actually never knew this. So he actually, as a result of the journal, he actually started to take more time with his daughter to actually just sit and color with her. So it's little things that I guess that parents don't even realize that their children really value. And if we can, you know, understand those and really, I guess it's a bit of a window into your child's mind. And if they can, if parents have this tool and children on the flip side kind of have that, safe space to really kind of explore their feelings to really reflect to really introspect Mm -hmm. it's beneficial for both the parent and the child of course so through the journaling so many parents and children can actually build that connection and in a really healthy way as well so yeah I think I definitely got some really amazing feedback definitely I really did so that definitely gave me motivation to you know start the print run and even kind of like keep going with mindful champs and so far I've actually we've only been running for a month now and just so far the parents feedback has been so so lovely Mm. and they're all really enjoying it children are loving it as well and you know parents are quite surprised because they're not having to force the children to fill the journals out they actually want to do it and it's it's been really nice to hear all of that yeah no I, I guess it's perfect because it actually allows kids to even think about their emotions in the first place which is not something yeah. that we actively do not usually t- 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 you know yeah exactly and it's it feels like such a basic you know something that everybody should do basically on a daily basis we should reflect of how we're feeling that day yes and the thing is we're not we're not taught to do that at school that that's not no. you know we're taught 
maths and we're taught English and we're taught geography and all that kind of stuff, but we're not, we're, we're not really taught to, you know, when, if we're faced with something, you know, tragic in our lives, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with our emotions? We're not taught. And that was actually quite shocking for me when I was a teacher, that there wasn't enough time spent in that area, that, you know, mindfulness as a whole, emotions, you know, so Mm. This is definitely one of the big reasons that I started Mindful Champs. I guess to close that gap as well from what children learn at school and to, I guess through Mindful Champs, it's closing that gap to really get children to, you know, start thinking about these types of things and, and parents as well. Yeah, but also I just think that it gives sort of like a nice calm activity to share with your kids as well and to be able to open a yeah. conversation that you wouldn't necessarily have mm. usually. So I think it's great. And so yeah. from what age would you recommend that? Do they have to know how to write? How does it work? Yeah, so this journal that we've got right now is, it ranges from the ages of six to 12, but I have actually had, you know, five-year-olds and even adults fill out the journal and they've really enjoyed it as well. Of course, because there is reading and writing involved, for children to be able to do that, they, of course, they do need to be able to be at a writing and reading level to be able to fill out the journal. But if they did want to start at an early age and even to get the dialogue going, you know, what are you grateful for today? How are you feeling today? That kind of thing. Parents can always scribe for them. So actually write in the journal for them mm. in, you know, in accordance with what the children are actually telling them. So that's for this journal. But I actually am going to be having a teen journal out soon as well. And we've got things for early years coming out as well. So trying to cover yes. the all age spectrum. Yeah. No, that's yeah, it's very inspiring. I think it's, it's nice. And yeah, I think you definitely see an improvement when you start practicing mindfulness and I do think that emotional intelligence is such an important skill for mm. your life and yeah uh, even like being 100%. more you know having empathy yeah no definitely and this is everything that we're trying to do within the actual activities of the journal to really you know help children to have empathy and to also really I guess there's loads of probing questions in there and there's lots of different activities to enable children to start doing this and I think if they start at an early age then you know it's something that they can continue doing because it becomes so embedded within the child that it becomes a norm exactly so even something as you know as simple as gratitude because you know children will always kind of face not children sorry when they actually grow into adults you know, I know there always there is always going to be something in life that doesn't go our way. There's always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems. Mm -hmm. And if they have an attitude of gratitude from an early age, they can always kind of, I guess, fall back on to that tool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if something does happen in their lives, they can always still be grateful for things that they do have, as opposed to focusing on, you know, what don't they have and what went wrong? And, you know, why did this yes. happen to me? So instead of continuously falling into victim mode to continuously kind of bring themselves out of that and um find solutions yeah definitely so mm -hmm. it's really helping children um, in many ways to build resilience to build confidence and self-love and yeah so many different aspects that we've got covered in the journal so it's not just gratitude it's not just you know emotional reflection it's quite a range of different things actually mm -hmm. you need all of them <laughs> but do you have yeah is there any advice that you would like to share so uh for me I think if there was one 
thing actually I'm going to say two (laughs) if there was um, two things that I would have to I guess give advice on and that's for anybody who kind of you know is around children whether that's working with children or whether that's you know being as a parent I think it's being constantly mindful constantly being conscious of are they projecting onto that child and if they are projecting onto their child so that's you know projecting what their expectations are, what or what society's expectations are, being very mindful of trying to not do that and really allowing the child to explore their own authentic selves. And I guess being that support and that guide for them to be able to do that as opposed to projecting and, you know, fitting them into a box because children aren't supposed to be in a box. They're not supposed to kind of, you know, um, be measured by ABC. There's a lot more to them. And I guess that's something that I really believe in. And my second thing is to always try and remember that happiness does not lie outside of you. If you ever want to try and, you know, if you're searching for happiness, you're definitely searching in all the wrong places if you're not searching within yourself. So, you know, you could have the best job or the best of cars or the best house or whatever it might be outside. But if you are not happy within yourself, if you don't have that peace and acceptance of who you are and be mindful of that as well that you're never going to be able to be truly happy Mm -hmm. it's always going to be temporary and then the the search will always continue going on so yeah I think that's my two big shares that if I had to say today very powerful no it definitely makes me think (laughs) so it's (laughs) it's great and I hope it will help everyone listening I hope Uh, but thank you for sharing everything Thank you. Um, Thank you. Very valuable. Me. And yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.